Hello and you're very welcome to the Life Changes podcast brought to you by Westmeath Libraries and supported by Creative Ireland. Over the course of this 10-part series, we'll be talking to local people from all walks of life about various changes they've made and how those decisions have enriched and improved the quality of their lives. You'll hear interesting stories from all sorts of people sharing their own unique and inspiring reflections on new directions. In this episode, Anne-Marie Kelly joins photographer John McCauley to find out how an African adventure opened his mind and gifted him with a whole new perspective. Oh, it's lovely here, isn't it? Yeah, no, there's a lovely walk here now. yeah. And there'll be no one there, look. We're at Lungfeed House Hotel in the shores of Loch Ennell. Lovely frosty morning, looking out on the lake. Absolutely beautiful. I see a boat going by there, someone's fishing. Is this where you live or have lived all your life? Uh, I grew up in Ganel Terrace in Mullingar. That was my home place. But the past 40 years now I live in, uh, quite close to Leddeston, on the opposite side of this, where we are now. Just a lovely morning, you can see the birds out there. It's really beautiful out there. But I would sit for hours there now watching birds and different things like that. <laughs> Which... Quite, and, and go, I, I travel around the country. And, and do you drive herself crazy when you do no, that? No, no, she's a nature person with two. She loves nature. So oh, there you go. Liable to take off up maybe Bull Island or Galway Bay here a fortnight ago. Went down and spent a lot of time. This time of the year is just fabulous. Do you find that that's where you're most yes. at peace? Oh yeah, by all means. When I would be with my camera with nature, all that crap that had been going on in my head, uh, it just disappears because I'm so focused on what I'm doing and what I'm looking at and enjoying God's nature. Then you get back into the car and you get back into your world again. <laughs> so tell me, how did you get into the, to the world of photography? I suppose I, my, I won my first little camera in the school sports. And you know, we didn't believe it, I still have it. Little box camera. <laughs> I always remember. I was, when I retired then, I was doing a little bit more and some of the papers, Westmead Examiner saw my stuff and uh, they said, would I do some sports for them? So from there on, it developed and uh, did some weddings and I, I, just, I just love it. I love being out with people. Uh, I love mixing with people. Uh, people are so nice uh, out there. The last couple of years, things have changed for you, haven't they? Yeah, I'm retired now. And uh, it was always my thing about nature photography that I wanted to travel. And uh, it got into my head, uh, we had little boxes in our head <laughs> we wanted to do. Yeah. And one was to go to the Serengeti, the place in the world to do nature. Right. So a very good friend of mine, Rodney Cleary here in Mullingar, and two friends from Wicklow, we set off one year to the Serengeti after taking about two years to save for it. <laughs> and uh, yeah. we spent uh, nearly 15 days on the Serengeti camping and yeah. having great fun. Now, we're all photographers, so photographer was the number one thing. In that. Mm. Who got the best shots in the day? So that made it even better when there was a lioness walking by 20 feet away <laughs> and she's looking at you and she's going for her breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> and you feel like that you could rub, you could just rub her down yeah. going by. Uh, early in the morning, the sun would be rising. It was off. Oh, just unbelievable. What a job. I mean, it was like a, a film. Yes. Scene, you know. And another year, myself and my friend Rodney, we went up to uh, Norway. 
and we photographed the white-tailed eagles coming down off the mountains, picking the salmon out of the water. That was something. I've often seen photographers, you know, particularly uh, who go, like, say, to Wexford, and they try and get yeah. a certain bird, you know, and they really have to have a focus, don't they? They oh, yeah. really, And sometimes I think, do they really see the full picture, or are they just trying to get the perfect picture? Which, which category do you fall into? I, I'm doing both, really, because if I could be out all day and I don't get that photograph, it doesn't bother me. I've been out with okay. nature. I love nature. Yeah. There is photographers, nature photographers, but they're only nature. Don't see, they're only photographers. They don't see really the nature. As I say, they got the bird. Oh, didn't get the bird. So what? Bad day, yeah, for them. Yeah, I you see know, what you for mean. Them. Yeah. So to me, it doesn't make a difference. I could, you know, I could sit here half the day at the lake and didn't get anything. So what? I'm, I'm, I'm at peace with that. And uh, Africa's done a lot to that for me. So what specifically would have moved you so much about Africa? What, what was it? When we were coming back from finishing up in Africa on our, that trip, we were heading for Kilimanjaro Airport, and this was the, how it all started. I uh, looked out the jeep window and uh, saw a little orphanage, and I said to the driver, would you mind stopping? And I said to the guys, have we any, has anyone any money? I think I had a fiver. Yeah. And uh, some of the boys rode the pockets and said, come on, we'll, we'll go in here with these people here. I'm sure they're a hell of a lot worse off than we are. We're after having three, 15 great days. So this was the Irish thing. And Irish are good at this when they're away. They see somebody down, they stretch out. And when I went in, uh, this is where my world changed to me. The poverty and the little children, uh, people standing over them, Little children with their hair shaved, head shaved. I've never seen this in my life before. Never. Uh, may see it 30 seconds on TV and then it's gone on to something else. And uh, I was shaking hands with this child, looking in their eyes. So I came out and I was really taken back. I, I was full to the throat. I couldn't speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew something had touched me. And my friend was saying, what's wrong with you, John? I couldn't speak. I didn't speak for nearly an hour after. Yeah, when I came out there, I was a different John. I was with them. And uh, it wasn't about pictures at that stage. Do you think we're drawn to that on purpose? You know, do you think it's kind of yeah. like serendipity? Uh, today, I do. Uh, uh, today I do feel I was drawn there because I'm after spending 11 years now with them in Africa. And everything is going so beautiful. Uh, I've never been stuck for anything. I pray a lot and it arrives. Like I remember back in 84, 85, the Great Famine in Ethiopia, that was the first time I started helping people. I became a Christian then, I felt. I was a good Catholic, I'd say. (laughs) But I was sitting on the floor looking at the television and I was looking at the news where over 7 million people were dying of hunger. And I just looked around my house and I said, look at all the material things I have here and I'm doing nothing, nothing for anyone, only looking at the news. And I remember it well, jumping up, and my friends were downtown doing a Christmas fast for concern. And I went down and I joined them and I spent spent 13 years doing that every Christmas. (laughs) But that was the leading into 
the rest of it. It never went away from the me. The long again. transformation, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So you, that moment, you say, tra- changed your life, but you had a long lead up towards it. I had. You? you were ready almost for it. Yeah, I was ready. And it was ready. And I knew there was somebody, there was something power. Some power was, was, was keeping me focused there. And I had no fear. I had nothing. I went back the following year to Africa after uh, with 5,000 euro in my pocket. Now, I went back on my own. And I think the thought at home that I was a little bit off the head because I get lost coming out of Dublin. <laughs> but I had no fear. Mm. I went down this place with these people in the middle of the night with no fear because I knew there was somebody minding me. I was felt warm. I felt happy. Such peace in my heart. I knew this is where I was going. Okay. And when I arrived at this new orphanage and saw 26 kids with these people were after bringing me... I was like the Pope. I got down to my knees and said, thank you, God, I'm home. I knew. Wonderful, yeah. Yeah, I knew exactly where I was. Just the peace and the warmth in, in me. There was huge joy in it. Yeah. You see the little faces with the, and the smile and they see me and cuddle me. And they used to call me Father John then before I went home. <laughs> so I was their daddy, 26 of them. So, you know, the little innocent as children are. So you invested this 15,000 euros, did you? I had 5,000 with me. Right. Yeah, so I, I, I asked the people that was minding them what's their great needs. So they showed me and they looked around and we saw they had no toilets and we only had six beds for 26 children with no, no glass in the windows. They had no, hardly any clothes, no mosquito nets. I decided then we caught a, got a builder and we started putting toilets. Right. So I get the locals to build it and do it. I, they give me a price before it. And I take the money out of my pocket and I pay them. For any of us to, to start that, I mean, I, I wouldn't know where to start. Well, I was guided. You see, this is it. I, I, I left this trust in some in the power of God. And the money was wrapped around my, my waist, under my shirt. <laughs> and a guy would say, it's cost so much. And we'd argue for half an hour with the price. <laughs> and then i give it to him. Because I felt this was people from Mullingar who's giving me this money. Okay. So I must spend... For them. Yeah. For them. Yeah. I was always focused like that. Like, I'd pay my own costs when I go into these places. Mm. We all pay our own costs out of our own pocket. That's why I go around with my little camera. I'm able to save that money. <laughs> yeah. And put it one side and off and going. Yeah. Were you able to go over the last no, two years? No, I can go in this two years. That's a shame because you'll miss certain, obviously, some children you'll have grown fond of yeah. and you won't be able to see their progress as much, will exactly. you? Exactly. They're growing and growing and fast. But what we've doing now for the past five years is, that, uh, three years, sorry, we're building little houses for the elders. And we're asking them, with the government, would they like to leave, to leave their mud huts and leaving these units uh, free? Mm. The unit consists of a, a bedroom and a toilet that they never had. And we're now we've just finished this week a little kitchen dining area. So we'll have 10 or 12 of these units on a piece of land that we bought. Anything, and I don't want to be cynical, because have they any resistance from them? Because I'm sure they live in mud huts and they like that and they yeah, grew up. Yeah, that's true. So has there been resistance from them? Um, no, there's no one. Of a white man coming in. You yeah, know. yeah, that's true. Um, a man was one morning and he was in a very, very bad conditions. And the approach we make is through an interpreter. He said to us, he couldn't understand, he started to cry why a white man would come to the far side of the world to help him and his wife. Yes. And I said to him, don't you pray? And he said he did. And he cried and held on to me short. And between him wet and me wet and he crying, <laughs> it was something else. I hope about education then. Education to good with the kiddies are good. Uh, a lot of 
uh, Europeans coming into orphanages, little child runs over and give them a hug and they fall in love with this little child. <laughs> and they decide, I'm going to sponsor this little boy. Okay. So a lot of the kids have been sponsored. Have you taken pictures along the way? You know, imagine the journey 11 years ago. Yeah, I I'm had sure them all. Yeah. I I'm, have them every year, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure the transformation each year is, oh, is yeah. mind-boggling, You can it? see it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What annoys me so much is when I come back and see the, the wealth on this side of the world. And yes, it is in Africa a certain amount of wealth too. Yeah. But when I come back and hear people spending 40, 20 million on, on buildings to put their head down, to look out to a lovely scenery. It's the basics, I suppose, you've seen, and that's what brought you to uh, your knees in a way. Yes. That you saw that they didn't even have the basics and we're now, you know, on Amazon every day. There is so much money in the world. There is so much food in the world. And with these people, they are so wealthy. And they are very, very good wealthy people. They do a lot. Yeah. But there's people with millions in their bank accounts and they won't go down the road to see a poor old gentleman or lady that needs something maybe 50 yards away from them. Mm. Like, I'm in a man one morning Palo, and the poor old, old shirt was torn, his trousers dirty, and we chatted. And uh, I don't know what I, went to my head, but I just I asked him a question, and where it came from, I don't know. But I said, Palo, what do you think about every morning when you wake up? And he held my hand, and he says, Mr. John, he says, I wonder where will I get a cup of food to live today? When that hit me, I was gone for the day. I was broken up, but through the intercession of God's power, I say with me, Sir John, you can solve this problem. Meals and wheels. <laughs> and we got a lady Excellent. <laughs> to feed him every day, and we set her up a little meals and wheels. And that's what we're going to do now with the new project with the houses and built in the one place and uh, the kitchen. We're going to set up a meals and wheels from in the area that people still live in their little mud huts, but have no, maybe no food. We're going to do that in a circle every day on a, on a motorbike. Great idea. You know, there's not that can't be done. Yeah, it's more than just food, isn't it's it? It's just more, oh God, it's more than food. Yeah. But as the people would say to us out there, thank you for thinking of us. That's where my life is at the moment and I'm happy as Larry to be able to do it and I'm able to combine the photography as well and bring the camera and on a Sunday then we take a day off and we might all hire a little jeep between us and uh, bring some of the locals with us that they would have never got up to see Gorongora, it's a big crater. Imagine like that, that. They, they haven't seen their own. They wouldn't have seen amazing. their own, they'd have the money to go into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's lovely to have the photographic evidence though, isn't yeah. it, John? I mean, yeah. you can sit here today and talk to me for Ireland, but once you see one image, like when Bob Geldof went to Africa, that's right. the images that stay emblazoned in our brain of the children, yeah. you know. The that's why I, I have a slideshow that I'm able to show it. And, uh, you know, I'd been in a school one time and uh, it just showed you a teacher said to me, John, these students, they might and they might not listen to you. <laughs> I said, that's fine. I don't mind. But say, I'll leave it with them. Yeah. And uh, after about 20 minutes into the, the thing, there was three of the girls crying in the front row. And uh, the teacher said to me, it's the f first time in 20, they were that quiet for 20 minutes. But what I do is I leave it in their own heart. Yeah. Even in your photographs and your world vision, it's inspirational, John. Thank you, yeah. And I'm so happy that I'm getting a chance in my few years I probably have left that I can do something for somebody on the way and controlling it in the sense that there's nothing going to waste. 
that is given to me and, and would represent Mullingar in that sense that I can reassure the people that it's all going and I'd invite them to come I always invite people we bring students with us as well and the students and parents are still talking about them Thank you John it's yes. been a pleasure speaking to Thanks, you Henry. absolute pleasure